You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. And that should have been the soundtrack for the moment of the big reveal when we saw the Mighty Thor. So it had to happen in the reaction. Bad mouthfeel to say that Thor is already on four films, but I digress. Today, we are talking about Thor Love and Thunder, which means you have found systematic geekology, which means we are in fact your priest to the geeks. I am Joe, and I am joined by the man himself, Joshua Knoll. How are we doing? All right. Doing okay. I do want to throw in there, uh, just because I am on the show does not mean I support Joe and Brandon's theory that Thor did not deserve a fourth film. I think he deserves many more, but hopefully not like this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about it. So obviously, spoilers ahead. You know, this is going to be our full spoiler reaction to it. And no, we're not going to break down the entirety of the film. You can find uh, other places to to find your geek explaining stuff. Um, but what we are going to talk about is this uh, beautiful monstrosity that was um, Thor Love and Thunder. I want to start off by giving a quick shout out, if you will humor me. Um <laughs> Friend of the show, Ryan Doze, has the Muddy Thor podcast, and he's been putting out a lot of content mm -hmm. uh, over the last several days. Uh, you know, this is kind of the, the world series for him in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And we are, uh, he, he kept saying, like it, f judge it based off of what it is. Don't dislike it based off of what it's not. And because he said that, he his voice was kind of playing in the back of my head as I'm watching this movie. And it really did help me to look past some of the um, glaring flaws of this movie um, and be able to see some of the finer points of, of the movie and what it was attempting to do. So thank you, Ryan, for adding to my overall enjoyment of the Thor uh, of Thor four. That being said, I do want to take some time to give it its roses here for, for a few minutes. Um, I know that it sounds like I have a lot more to say uh, good than you do about this mm -hmm. movie. Yep. Um, but so, so let's start off with the highest point. That way we start off with something good, right? Christian Bale may in yes. fact be the best Marvel villain that I have seen thus far. The guy just was genuinely creepy. I thought he, I thought his portrayal yes. of Gore, the God butcher was awesome. If even, even if it's despite of the story in certain places, you know what I mean? Every piece, every scene that he's in, he is chewing the scenery off the walls. Yeah. Every part that he's in feels like a different movie. And that movie feels like it was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the movie that he's acting in, not the movie that we got. Yeah. I, I feel like this was, and I'll get more to this later, but I feel like we had three movies spliced together. One of them was the gore story. Yeah. That one was done really well. Like scary. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I 
was very ambivalent. I know some people kind of cried afoul at the whole idea of the mighty Thor. And I feel like a lot of people that have a problem with Jane Foster being in this movie are some of the same people that had problems with Jane Foster as a concept, like Jane Foster as Thor as a concept. I think that was, that was part of it. The other part of it was for me anyway, when I heard that Gore, the God butcher was going to be in this movie. And then I heard that Jane Foster Thor, I'm like, what you, those are two concepts that are meaty enough on their own. Mm -hmm. What? We're going to end up with a, with a Spider-Man three sort of situation where you have two. Yeah. Right. That's (laughs) exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. So, but honestly, when I saw her on screen, I appreciated some things about her story. I thought they did a good job of giving her more agency in this movie than they have at any other point in her time in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I think she always was Thor's girlfriend and at least they gave her more space to be able to operate in this movie mm-hmm. in comparison to other outings. And at least when they had her using Mjolnir, they got back to more of the fluid physics of the first outings of Thor. If you look at the mm-hmm. original way that Cap used the shield or Thor used the hammer, it was more of using physics to their advantage rather than I'm taking this giant broadsword and I'm throwing this blunt or I'm swinging this blunt object as a blunt object and all of that and just totally breaking physics. And they kind of, they went back to that more fluid aspect of things that made it just a lot more palatable to me. Yeah. Yeah. The two things I really wanted to say was that the movie, if they had just taken the gore part and made it its own film, heck you take the gore part, make it its own film, bring Sam Raimi back. That's a film I want to see. That would have been cool. Um, The Jane Foster with Natalie Portman and Jane Foster. I loved her. Honestly, I thought she did really well. Partially because I don't think she had to do as much acting because, as you may or may not know, Natalie Portman is a scientist. She just does acting as kind of a fun thing, which probably why some of her roles have not been the best. But in this, she's playing a scientist, a scientist playing a scientist. I mean, I don't know how much acting was going on, but I liked her. I mean, it was a very different Mighty Thor than the comics version, but I liked that. It was fine. Her her movie would have been fine. It's that third part that kind of took over the rest of it that was – um, Thor Odinson and his comedy of dealing with trauma. That's the part I did not like. <laughs> Ruined it all for me. Yeah. So, so that, that uh, I have, I have another, um, I have another positive to say, but I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold off on that one before, um, but before going anywhere, a because that way we can um, <laughs> pout out the pad out the episode with some positives later on in the movie, or, la- or later on in the episode. Yeah, but also because do, so. we need to talk about a couple of things first. Yeah. So in the movie, we see more of the deity structure. We see more cosmic elements of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was awesome. That part of it was cool that they started touching on these things. How they executed on it um, and and how they kind of breezed past it in lieu of telling whatever whatever the overarching story was, um, 
as well. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no problem. I have no problem whatsoever if you just give me... I have no problem if you give me comedy. I have no problem if you give me Disney. I'm not expecting these movies to not be Disney movies. But maybe let's not just throw away cosmic level concepts, like just just to serve a, a, a greater point. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, personally, just because, you know, I like grounded stuff for the most part. I could deal without all the cosmic stuff and all the deity stuff. I, I I'm OK if they just never touch on any of that. But if you're going to touch on it, let's not make the whole thing a joke. You know what I mean? Honestly, if the joke would have been the screaming goats or if the joke would have been the dumpling god, sure, whatever. But for every single part to be a joke, you made the whole movie a joke. Yeah. And this is so so let's 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 do some let's do some some of the counterpoint stuff for a second. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. <laughs> so, well, well, we we did we did some of the positives. I, I do need to address the elephant in the room as far as one of the biggest negatives. The the last two movies that I saw, and I'll mind you, I, I I out of everybody, I literally the the interaction between my wife and I after the movie was done was like that was like 40% of a good idea. And she looked at me and said, You give it too much credit. Yep. Um this might be the reason why I stopped going and watching MCU flicks in the theaters. Because I'm all for artists telling their stories. I'm all for these different versions and all of those kinds of things. I'm not all for going and spending too much on a movie ticket to go see frat boy Thor make jokes the entire time. I, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but you can you I, I will keep my money yep. and watch that some other some other way, some other how um, and, and all of that. I just at this point. I, and I understand that the article came out that that, you know, with the people that were like, oh, yeah, but this has been the this has been the um, the theme of phase four the entire time. Uh, that sounds like the power of spin. I know because I'm in marketing and we're still dealing with the nonsense of 20. This is still a really messed up slate of of releases and movies and things like that. So that. Sounds like somebody in Marvel's and Disney's marketing department saying, oh, man, everybody's crying foul that we have no idea what we're doing right uh, right now. Let's go ahead and throw something together. And I, uh, so do I buy it? Absolutely not. And, and honestly, I'll go as far as to say that if that really was the case, then they systematically have failed at telling the story of like redemption and consequences and things like that, especially with this movie. Yeah, I think uh, personally, and this is just I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it feels like there's a lot of pull from different directions. Um, for one, I don't want to judge this movie too harshly, primarily because it was supposed to be a much longer movie. And Disney basically said, what if we made it short? And I'm like, OK, you yeah. took like hundreds of comic issues. Don't make it short anyway. Um, and you're trying to tell three movies at once. Anyway, I there are certain points where I could see the reflection thing, right? Like the Spider-Man movies that happened in phase four. Yeah, totally. Um, the Scarlet Witch's story. Sure. That was, but a lot of the other stuff, Dr. Strange wasn't reflecting on what happened in Endgame. <laughs> like, come they on. Had, they had the line in the beginning and then, and then a lot of it was supposed to be him kind of reflecting on his life and his choices and all of that kind of stuff that he always yeah. has to be the one 
holding the knife and all of that. And the problem is, is if you look at it from any kind of nuanced angle outside of just, oh, hey, look at this broad theme that might stick into this other slot, then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Also, you still got to tell good stories. And also, if you wanted this to be a reflection on how Thor is feeling, don't include gore in this one. Save it for a movie yeah. that's about gore. Um, I, <laughs> but I, I just Shang-Chi. That was not about the reflection, right? Uh, Black Widow wasn't about the reflection. Moon Knight wasn't. Miss Marvel wasn't. It just, that doesn't fit. I, I don't buy it. No, no. I, I And so, you know, a movie like this, I came out of it with, uh, I went to go see it with Second Josh and my wife. <laughs> and Second Josh and I got a chance to sit down and book the territory. We did the we did the thing right where, you know, we, we we touched into that part of our brains of how do you take the puzzle pieces that are presented, rearrange them and make something that's way more coherent. Yeah. And, and in that it kept coming up this whole idea of when you look at the comic side of things, you have Doctor Strange and you have Thor. Dude, they're they're th- uh, comic runs they get weird and they get pulpy at different <laughs> points. Like that's yeah. part of, I think it was Dally that put it, that, that posted it. Uh, Dallas, he, he ch- tuned into our um, geek devotions episode that, uh, that where I talked to he and his wife. Um, but I think it was Dally that was saying he, he made this big post after uh, multiverse of madness came out that you need to understand if you're going to go see this movie, that the, uh, the origins of Dr. Strange, that Dr. Strange is a, horror comic that he originally his roots are in horror just like originally thor's it's in that pulp side of things and and i you know what to to quote the great philosopher michael keaton you want to get nuts let's get nuts let's do it let's let's throw let's throw caution to the wind and get wilding out let's have all of this wild stuff you want screaming goats to 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 pull a Viking ship across the rainbow, whatever, do it, play, go and play and do, but for the love, tell a coherent story that isn't just let's tell jokes and then more jokes. Mm -hmm. And when that joke didn't land, let's tell another joke. And then let's tell the same joke 15 times, just in case you didn't Mm -hmm. get the joke the first time. Mm -hmm. It was so frat boy humor, humor that I honestly, it was all of the trimmings were so there was so much there like on some people are crying a foul right now and i'll i'll leave it at this la- at this last point and then <laughs> let you jump back in because all of this kind of ties together but it's a lot of loose threads a lot of people are saying sack taika don't let him touch another movie all all of this kind of stuff right the people that are de- the, the biggest detractors are saying are putting this squarely on they're giving him this a lot of the same treatment that a lot of fans that didn't like the humor of Guardians of the Galaxy gave J- gave James Gunn that it's that that oh it's all funny it's all da, da, da. you know if it was all serious and all melancholy Fam, we got that. It's called, and I'll say it as the DC guy, Joss Whedon's Justice League. It's an incoherent mess. Zack Snyder's Justice League is dark. It's gritty, and it's but 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 it's it tells a story that you need to be invested in in order to get past the dark and the gritty and all of that kind of stuff, where there's not a lot in the way of humor. 
I don't care. Have an entire movie's worth uh, worth of humor, but some Taika is the same of uh, is the kind of guy that he needs a filter. You let him just throw anything mm. at the wall, you end up with something like this that mm-hmm. where where it's a laugh per minute. We always have to be be working towards the other joke to the next joke rather than using that platform, tell jokes, have it be funny, but use it as a means to introduce these bigger concepts. And then to me, and this is as far as I'll go down the road, down the road of booking the territory here, then you can, you can have something that can go on for generations. You can have this medium where you Mm -hmm. can just keep on telling stories. If you allow for depth of storytelling amongst all of the funny and ha ha and all of that, which is exactly what they did with Ragnarok and exactly what Mm -hmm. they didn't do with this one. Yeah. That was what I was going to say. I feel like Ragnarok had the, the perfect blend of joke and storytelling. Like it actually did really well. That's why it's one of my favorite MCU films. And you know, what's crazy is I've loved all the Thor films. I even liked Thor the Dark World. That's one of my wrong opinions. And this still just did not work for me at all. I was like, what are y'all doing? Um, funny, funny tidbit. And then I'm going to go on a on a rant of hot takes if it's OK. Go for um, it. <laughs> funny tidbit was before the I watched this movie, TJ and I was talking and he was talking about how he liked the Norse Thor better. And I was like, I actually like comic Thor just as good as Norse Thor, just in a different way. And his whole argument kept going back to, OK, but Norse Thor has goats. I have to tell you, TJ, the goats did not make it better. Oh, that <laughs> did not help. That noise, that noise <laughs> was so friggin' annoying. annoying. It took me out of the movie so hard. Dude, I almost walked out of the movie when they kept doing it and they kept mm-hmm. making the noise over. There was one part of the movie, I don't remember when, where they just spammed the sound effect. And I'm like, no, this needs to stop right now. This is. This is an assault on my ears that needs to be done now. Yeah. Uh, so here's my hot takes. I I think Marvel's mostly doing filler stuff and just trying to include more diverse characters of females and whatever. Um, it's it's why, for me, Doctor Strange didn't really work that well, uh, just because to me it was just another MCU film that they threw some horror in to make it seem different. Didn't really feel that different to me. Um, for this... It's like they wanted to introduce Jane Foster as Thor. They needed another girl character, which is why the it didn't. Part of why I think it didn't work is that they were just trying to do this stuff. It's part of why Miss Marvel is so different because they're trying to include all this diversity, sometimes sacrificing story in the meantime. I think this would yep. be one of those cases. If you wanted to tell the gore story, tell the gore story. If you want to tell Thor story, tell that. Personally, I think it would have been better if they would have leaned more into it, done what Jason Aaron did, where. He made Jane Foster Thor because it worked with the story. It had nothing to do with him wanting a girl Thor. Yeah. Do that. You know what? I This is my this is probably my hottest take. I think this movie would have been better without Thor Odinson. Leave yeah. his comedy and him trying part. to recover to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yep. Just leave him out of it. It would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I or or have him have him be a like a like almost like a side character. Like Yeah. You know, and they because honestly, like it was such a waste, like they tried to tell a couple of stories and then they Mm -hmm. backed off from telling a couple telling most of those stories. You had him where this big action set piece, which, by the way, the kid calling himself Axel, I'm done. You didn't know that 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 
set me off on a bad foot as far as this movie goes. My name is Axel, based off of an 80s. Get it, guys? Get it? We're referencing hair metal bands, guys. Get it? Did you not get the joke? Let me play another round of Guns N' Roses, guys. If you didn't get it the first 18 times, let me go ahead and tell you another time that we're making this joke, guys. Is that annoying? Yes. That was two hours of them doing that. I just want to say that because I think you might find this amusing. I was really curious what that joke was. Like, I just didn't get it. Like, I could tell they were making a joke and had no idea what the joke was. Like, I don't just did not understand. Completely. Axel, Ro- <laughs> Axel Rose is the lead singer of Guns N' Roses. You know, if I cared more, I probably would. Know that. Yeah. 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 That yeah. that that was the joke. But yeah. Um. So my, here's my biggest, my, the two biggest things that I, that I was honestly disappointed about and, and I'm going to play by the rules guys. I'm <laughs> playing by your rules or I'm playing by your rules, Ryan. I'm basing it off of what was in the movie. I'm not basing it off of what was not in the movie. They stepped up and started telling the story of challenging deity. Okay. I'm going to say this real quick for anybody who needs to hear this. I think every single Christian alive should challenge deity. I think every single Christian alive should poke and prod and ask those questions. People look down on Christianity and they they deconstruct away from Christianity because nobody's willing to walk them through the fact that it is okay for you to have questions and to question the validity of God and whether or not God is good or not. It was the giant problem of evil. Fine. Great. Mm -hmm. Tell that story. You had all of the opportunity and they had this big set action set piece where he knocks all this stuff down and he's, you know, he crashes everything and and he's reckless and all of that. And it looks like they're going to tell that story. And then they back down from telling either story. And I'm just left like, come on, you cowards, do it. Like you're, you started telling the story, then do it. You coward, tell the story. And, and, and really like, and, and, and I'm saying this as a Christian watching in a, a, a secular company, make a secular movie that doesn't have to play by any playbook that has anything to do with Christianity. So I understand what I'm opening the door to as far as the hot takes about religion and about all of those kinds of things and actually questioning all of that. But you had this sanctimonious crap about God, uh, about mm-hmm. uh, from, from uh, Thor and then all the way ri- ridden through till you had this moment of redemption for Gore at the end where take, take care of my kid. What? Huh? I'm pretty confused about that too. I, so I have so much to say about all this um, from from a story aspect. First off, I want to recommend everybody go to the very tip top of this thread. You'll see uh, before our first episode, we did a bonus introducing this show. And we talked about part one of the comics that this was based off of with the gore storyline. And what Jason Aaron, the comic writer, what he does is for the story is phenomenal. I actually love the story that this is based off of. Me too. Which is, you know, gore realizing that the gods do exist did not help him thus the gods must be evil and he's going to kill them all actually an interesting story thor realizing he wasn't worthy because of something jane becoming worthy and we're wrestling with the question of what makes you worthy to of a god status all that kind of stuff the themes are so deep and so rich and instead they went with love and thunder we're gonna tell this love story between jane and thor and we're not even gonna do that well and i'm like (laughs) Guys, yeah. why? Of all the themes you could have picked out of this, wh- why? <laughs> why the love part? 
I just, it's frustrating. But if we're going to judge a movie just off of the movie, it, it's, it is exactly what you said. It's the Spider-Man 3 effect. They tried to cram too much into one movie. They cut the time down way too much. And most of it was a comedy. And then the parts that Christian Bale showing up as gore, he did great. But it was borderline a character out of a horror flick that didn't fit in a comedy film at all. Not to mention, again, like with the, with the all black, with the necro sword, like there's a whole mm, other life to that with Null <laughs> and everything. And like just throwing out the entity of of eternity and the the fact that we saw celestials and we saw all of this stuff and it was all none of it was given any weight. Yeah. And the second That's that true. like. And of course they have to do, Oh, they've got a, they've got a, a bad guy. So the bad guy must die and the bad guy's weapon must be destroyed. And that's how it all always has to end is the bad guy needs to be vanquished and all of that. You're cutting your nose off from being able to tell longstanding stories by having to have a nice cupcake finish to every single movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I worry because we have seen in a different end credit of that the Venom symbiote is technically in the MCU somewhere. So I worry they're just going to stick with that part of the storyline. But what they could do, this is my hope for the movie. Part of how the ending isn't as bad to me is my original reaction to it. The more I think of it, the ending wasn't as bad. The whole movie's still garbage. But Jane Foster, you do see in the last end credit, she goes to Valhalla. Comic books, she does go to Valhalla and come back as a Valkyrie. And plays the mighty Thor. Jane Foster is not necessarily gone out of the MCU. Doesn't mean she she could be because the actress might not want to come back. But she also could come back because that's what happens in the comics. Um, The All Black has been destroyed before. And part of that is what birthed some of these other deities, including the symbiote that becomes Venom. That could be a cool tie into the Spider-Man universe. I doubt they do that, but it would be cool. I'd be happy. Also, the All Black... In comics, whenever Gore dies, actually encompasses his soul. It absorbs him. So Gore could come back if they wanted to. It seems like they don't really want to. They only want to let Loki live. I love Loki, but come on. You have so many other good villains. Why do you have to kill all your good villains? Red Skull's great. The Mandarin would have been great if you did him right. Gore was great. Um, who's Who's the bad guy from the Black Panther movie that they killed off? I forget his name, but that guy was awesome. I don't remember, Killmonger, um, right? I know, Killmonger, that's it. Yeah. 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 He was awesome. Stop killing yeah. off your your big hits sometimes are the villains. Stop killing them all. Yeah. Yeah. This this, you know, and, and I, I almost feel the need to apologize for all of you avid fans out there that that enjoyed <laughs> this. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so happy for all of you that enjoyed this movie. I I hope oh, yeah. it it is my it is my desire that every single one of you that got everything that you wanted out of Jane as Thor out of Gore out of the beats that were in this I honestly do it just it just simply it's one of those things it's one of those movies that you can look at, you can appreciate, you can appreciate what's there you can't look at it and say objectively this is a good movie that this is a well-made movie like by cinema standards it is not a well-made movie you know what i mean and and that is i i can't yeah. get around that you know what i mean yeah. coming from probably the biggest mcu guy of our group and definitely the biggest disney guy of our group yeah it was it was bad guys <laughs> like i i love jokes i love mcu's humor 
I give Disney more credit than most Christians do today. And I'm yeah. still just like this. This was just this was a hot, hot, hot pile of garbage. Um, still not my least favorite MCU film. Man, is it close? <laughs> yeah, I uh, my only my my only hope, like if they just just restructure the deck a little bit, keep everybody. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but Valkyrie, the one that the one that plays King Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's phenomenal. I think she mm-hmm. is a fantastic actress. Make her Val- Valkyrie. Bring back Jane. Have those two be Valkyrie and make Thor like do work towards King Thor work towards him. Be, you yeah. had the perfect opportunity to start working him towards King Thor to be able to tell more stories and all of those kinds of things. Keep her around for the love. Keep Sif around for the love. Have all of yes. them. I don't care. So some, of, some of Thor's strongest, uh, strongest characters are women. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. Give them actual stories though. Don't just shove them into roles for the sake of having them in a role. That's not, that's, that's disrespectful. That's not an, anything that is constructive to the sentiment or the conversation. Yeah. This movie did a lot wrong, but it set up a lot good that can, they can do going forward. Um, just a quick bomb to drop. Cause you know, I like to do that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to tell Disney if Disney's listening for some reason, uh, having races that are exclusively same sex attracted is not being LGBTB plus affirmative. You know, as a Christian, I don't particularly care if you are or not, but I got to say, all you're doing is borrowing from mythology. Like that's not, you're not being progressive there. That's a cheap way of trying to nod your head without going all the way. If you're going to yeah. make Christians mad, make them mad. Yeah. I'm I'm saying like, man, <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for your deconstruction of what it means to be, to, 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 to believe in something. And I just, mm, yeah, that's probably the one area where I'm like, man, that what wasn't there took me out. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 eh. Yeah. You know, so and good. No, you you go ahead. I was going to completely change it. Yeah. Good. No. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, Joe, I had I hinted at it. I'll, I'll say it in a second. What is after watching this? Is this your least favorite Thor? Like least favorite MCU film? No, my least favorite is probably Captain America. Or oh, that was so good. Uh <laughs> it's I'm 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 allergic to over patriotism, so that was oh, yeah. not for me. Um. It was a propaganda piece, which I understand that that's exactly what Captain America <laughs> is. That's exactly why I'm not a Captain America fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my least favorite would probably be either that or um, Thor the Dark World or something like that. Like, I think a lot of the... I think I'm very hit and miss. I'm not as much of an MCU guy. So I'm not like, there's not like this fierce competition for me. Um, There's like a whole, there's like whole sections of the MCU for me that are just not really compelling. They're just, they're just the same story regurgitated. I am very different. (laughs) I put all the Captain America films above most other films just ever, but that's just because I love Captain America. I mean, as long as he's in the film, I like the film for the most part, but uh, my least favorite. And again, I said, I like Thor Dark World. Hands down, there's only two MCU films, and this is one of them, that I would give less than a five, meaning less than average. This one, I might give like a four or something. I don't know what I'd rank it. I'm not doing that today. But I would give a zero to Iron Man 3. That film made me more angry than any other film, just ever. <laughs> yeah. Th- this one, This one, if I think about it too hard, you know, so so you raised a good point as far as the... 
um, the the attempt at being affirmative with mm-hmm. Korg, there was a throwaway line where Thor has a panic attack. They didn't call it a panic attack, but he starts yeah. hyperventilating and stuff like that. That's becoming the new thing. We're affirming mental health issues by having mm-hmm. little throwaway things. Pimpin, that's not that's not how that works. That's not you don't get you don't get to be affirmative to people who have mental illness by having a throwaway line that never gets followed up on just because that's the in thing to display mental health. I think that Marvel now has proven that they need to stay out of depictions of mental health because they have systematically gotten it wrong. And that's coming from somebody with mental health issues. The way that the way that they that they keep displaying mental health is problematic. It's it's ill-informed. It's it, it's stereotypical. It's not good. And and that is historically throughout the MCU. I will say that Iron Man at least starts to hint at some halfway decent moments, but otherwise, nah. I think. I think all of that is is some of the more offensive stuff to me. And so if I think about it too long, this movie starts to go down because they started to play with that a little bit and you don't get to use that as a storytelling device like that. That's real disrespectful to people. Yeah, I for the most part, I agree. Um, I, I've heard a lot of good of how they dealt with mental health in Moon Knight, but we've had that debate before. I know you don't agree with that. I don't particularly know. That might be a conversation for another time. For the most part, I I just, especially if we're just focusing on this movie too, I hate all of the nods at stuff without going there. That's, you know, we're theology and philosophy. That's the things we like to focus on here. Philosophically, I'm upset that they didn't give me enough meat on the bones with any of these topics to really discuss it. I can't discuss mental health based off that throwaway whatever with gore. I can't discuss uh, same-sex relations based off of the little nod they gave with those two characters. I can't discuss the problem of pain based off the little bit of gore they gave. I mean, they just didn't give us enough meat on the bones to really get into it with any of these themes. They need to limit it to just a couple themes, really focus in on that and make it a meaningful movie. That's my last take. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. I think that sums it up perfectly. You ready to wrap it up? I'm good. All right. So let's end on a high note. What are you geeking out on and what recommendations do you have for our wonderful audience? Uh, both are the same. <laughs> I've been I've been watching I'm like hard binging in the last two days. I've almost watched both seasons of Lower Deck. It's on a Paramount Plus. It is a cartoon of Star Trek that's somehow both a parody and also actual Star Trek. It's very confusing how it's both, but it pulls it off really nicely. Really funny show. I enjoy it a lot. So I'd recommend that to people, especially if you're into Star Trek or if you're Star Trek curious. I don't think you really need to know Star Trek that well to watch it. So I have been well, my wife and I have been going through the dark picture anthology games, um, right. specifically Little Hope. Um, it's basically 90 percent story, 10 percent game, and it is phenomenal. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of thing. And the choices oh, that you make affect the outcome and all of that. So it's the it's phenomenal so have you ever played web of shadows i've heard of it but i've never played it it's old spider-man game somehow when i played it i ended with spider-man married to black cat and he's ruling new york city as like an evil overlord there you go i made some bad decisions that day guys <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that guys thank you for joining us um if you came across this by way of the facebook group 
uh, Priest to the Geeks or the page, uh, go ahead and sound off down in the comment section. Let us know what you thought of the movie and what you are geeking out on right now um to hear more from our illustrious panel of hosts you can go to systematicgeekology.org and go to the host tab you'll be able to find all of our very many projects there um to hear more of Josh's bombshells that he likes to drop or more of my <laughs> hot takes, uh, you can find more of our episodes at uh, systematicecology.org or more bonus content if you just can't get enough of our wonderful voices at patreon.com slash systematicgeekology and help us keep the lights on. For now, that's a wrap for us. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.